Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, VP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. Hey everybody, good morning. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. Today we're talking an area near and dear to my heart. We are into the security segment. So last week you heard from Jason Stein, uh, VP of the Advanced Solutions on the security side for Tolaris. Today we're diving in with Dwayne Sugars, the Chief Technology Officer from Foresight, one of our fantastic security providers. Dwayne, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on a Friday morning. I love it. Thanks for waking me up and giving me good love. <laughs> All right, so 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 three gallons of coffee in. Let's kick this thing off. I know you're ready. Uh, yeah. I I want to. I think you've got a cool background um, in, in this space. So I, you know, that's part of my favorite here is helping people understand how someone got into this space, where they started, how they ended up. Uh, so maybe before we get into who Foresight is. Let's talk about let's talk about Dwayne. Let's talk about where you came from and and what your path was. Yeah, I'm pretty old, so my path is long. So I'll try to keep it short. <laughs> but graduated uh, high school, went in the military, left the military, worked for NSA, worked in their um, hostage rescue um, side. So background in psychology, degree in psychology. I thought somewhere I was going to be in law enforcement for the rest of my life, and then I got into NSA internal NSA stuff and started learning things about technology and. Um, 1996, dropped out of NSA and started a company doing web development when the web just started, when in, uh, Al Gore invented the web um, <laughs> and created that for a bit. Um, we walked ourselves down a path of working with Discovery Channel to build out their first digital asset management system, which basically is um, taking all their B-roll and digitizing it long before YouTube, long before all this other stuff, um, basically digitizing that and making it web accessible for the producers around the world. For every hour of video you see on TV, it's about 50 hours of B-roll. So anyway, we built that system. We grew really fast and dot-com hit and we shrunk really fast. Post 9-11, um, we went back in NSA and all I've been doing since then is building big data platforms, um, mainly for DOD and the intelligence community here in the US. And more recently dropped out of that world to try to help this problem that we have in the industry, which is billions of dollars of investment in cyber products, but yet we're still getting owned. And the question we asked ourselves when we started this is why is that? And what we realized, it's because everyone's ignoring 80% of the business community. Everyone's focused on that enterprise problem. Mm -hmm. When the real problem, where the attack vectors are coming from, where the launch points are coming from, are these 80%. And so that's what we did when we started you know, working on uh, Digital Lantern, which then eventually in the last six months, we merged our platform with Foresight, um, an amazing SOC platform, XDR kind of platform. And now we have compliance and XDR in one thing. And that's where I'm at now, man. Love it. Uh, probably lots of good things we could pick your brain on. Uh, it, you know, the, when I hear the three letter acronyms, one of my favorite books out there, um, there there's a guy out there, Chris Voss, uh, Never Split the Difference. I, I you know, this this guy that that came from to you know you mentioned you know some of these NSA hostage CIA counter terror negotiation life for money kind of things, I love the psychology of that and I think 
you know, your background in psychology too is probably awesome, lends itself so well to the security side of this because it is just getting people to understand it. So I love, uh, love your background. I think that's perfect for this space. Well, it's funny because I never thought I really cared about psychology, but I realize now to get people to go through a compliance assessment, we have to make it fun. Mm-hmm. And part of that fun is understanding the psychology of compliance, right? If I have to wait six months to get a, a score, how how horrible is that? Like, I want to score now. So we give you a score in 20, 20 minutes, and then we move you from there. And so psychology is all part of that, is we want to engage people, make it a partnership almost. And part of that is making it as sexy as compliance can be. We try to make it at least fun. Um, and that's the journey we've been on. So let's say uh, we've got some folks tuning in that are not familiar with Foresight. You mentioned a lot of the lead up there, and I think I heard you say SOC, and I heard you say a little kind of uh, kind of that MDR, XDR. Fill everybody in. If, if nobody's familiar with Foresight, who are you? What do you do? What do you not do? Let's start there. Yeah. So Foresight's been around for a while. Um, primarily, they're MSSP. So they both manage devices because a lot of organizations don't want to manage their firewalls, don't want to manage their endpoint detection. So we have a group of folks that manage that for the customer, keeping them safe. And then we have a full-time 24 by seven SOC that basically absorbs all the data telemetry from those customers if they want and protect them 24 by seven. And that was basically, that's the lifeblood of Foresight. And they really have focused on working in that mid to, you know, small to mid-sized market. Um, about two years ago, they brought a new CEO in and he's now pushed us down the path of um, building something that looks a little more advanced, a little more XDR-ish. Um, and he was able to purchase um, my old company and integrate all this stuff into one platform. And so I think um, what we were and what we are and what we're going to be is is compelling. Um, and I love to join forces with them because of what I saw in what they were doing for the community that they were working for. Love it. Uh, love to see the expansion, too, of the of the portfolio. Uh, I think sometimes people think, oh my gosh, you know, in Tolaris has so many suppliers, how, how do we keep this straight? And the reality is though, uh, what, what we're reliant on is we're reliant on having the products that are out in the market come into our world. Because although we may have a lot of suppliers, we may not always have the exact product. So we especially love it when our existing suppliers who we have great relationships with, who have performed, um, add to the portfolio and bring in tool sets. So couldn't be happier uh, couldn't be happier about that. Well, you bring up an interesting point, right? Is when you look at the number of products in your world, you're talking thousands, right? So how do you make sense of a thousand products, especially if you're a small, mid-sized organization, a county, a municipality, you don't have an IT staff, you don't have people that are experts. I mean, they rely on you, right? They rely on you to to vet through all that and give them, you know, goodness. And it's kind of the same way we are. We want to take all that noise and clean it up and just give and let you know you're good. Are you good from a security risk perspective? Are you good from a compliance maturity side? And if you want to know more, we'll give you more. But most of our customers just want to know they're good. They don't want to have to deal with, oh my God, do I have to buy endpoint? Do I have to buy firewall? Do I have to buy this? Do I have to buy that? Nope, we give it to you. We say, this is what we can do for you. So so let's dive into that, right? As we kick this yeah. thing off here. So. Uh, you, you bring up a good point that, that we talk about a lot, tool and, and technology sprawl. So let, let's, uh, we can harp on that, but, but let's talk about what have you learned? You've had some, some really good tenure and you've seen a lot of things in this space. So 
uh, talk to me before we get into kind of the deals and the examples and the technology. What have you learned? I mean, this this thing has evolved. The threat landscape has changed. The bad guys have gotten not nicer. Um, what have you learned along the way, right? What are these gleaming things that you think people should be aware of? Well, what I can definitely tell you is not everything is not what you what you see. We have tested hundreds of products that said they did stuff. And when you actually implemented them, you realize they were about 60% of what they said. I understand that. That's going to market strategy, right? But I've been very disappointed in um, the market as what they pro provide and then the massive overlap um, in the same offerings, but called something different. And so you got to work through all that stuff. Um, we found a couple really good vendors, people that said they did this and they did it. And, you know, those become our preferred vendors of choice, right? And that's hard to do because there are so many of them out there. And so I think for us, what we've learned the most is not to believe the marketing. Don't believe the hype, um, you know, and, you know, you really have to vet these things. And we have the luxury of being able to take the time and put it in our lab and vet it. Most of our customers don't, you know, they'll buy something because they saw it on CNN or someplace and say, oh, man, we need to get that product because they say they do that. But guess what? They don't. And I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying you have to be a little bit weary of what the product's saying they do versus what they do. And you need a partner. So so if I can if I can mold that into something that a partner can take away from this. So so remember our you know par partners that are listening to this, maybe existing partners that are selling a certain technology or maybe somebody that is looking to become a new partner. So we, we use an example when we started talking about cloud and DR and backup. And it, it used to be when we would talk to customers about DR and backup. Hey, do you have a backup plan? Do you have a DR strategy? Yeah, I do. And then everybody would pause. They'd go, oh, man, I, I don't know how to overcome objections on that. I don't know where I go from here. And then we would say, all right, question number two. Mr. Customer, when you tested it, you know, here's the psychology piece. Let's not, let's not ask if they tested it. Let's let's make the assumption that they did test their DR plan. When you tested it, how did it perform? Did you recover to the time point you expected? Did it recover in the way that you expected? Those kind of things. So if I could twist a little bit what, what you just mentioned, um, what would that question be? Would it be, hey, you have these tools. You, great. Awesome. You, you, you've got this one. You're, you're good on MDR. You're good at SOC. You're good at this. Have you tested it? Has it performed? Has it caught everything? What, 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 how would you twist that for that partner? I mean, that's a, that's a great question. And you really don't really, really don't know until it's implemented and it's producing data that you can validate, right? And at least for us, that's where we fall a little bit short with some of the folks out there that say they do zero trust, for instance. And then we see what zero trust is. And then we're like, yeah, it's not exactly, no customers can be willing to do X, Y, and Z, right? So there's a combination here. What the partner's offering, what the technology's offering, what the customer is able to understand from that and implement. We've had a customer who said, when we went through our initial real fast paced technology profile, do you have a firewall? They were like, oh yeah, we have a Cisco Miranda. Awesome. When we've got through the process and like, give us your data. He's like, well, it's not that easy because uh, blah, blah, blah. You realize he has a firewall, nothing's plugged into it. They got a router because it has more speed and all their, their stuff's running through a router, right? So there's this weird combination of product offering and then the customer's ability to understand what that offering is and implement it properly. That is a big thing. People get into Salesforce, they get into all these things because 
they say they're going to do things, but they're so overwhelming. They're so, yeah, they're powerful. But most of our customers, they just want it to work. And so that's the challenge we have, right? Is they buy a lot of stuff. And when we come to see them, we're like, are you, how are you using it? Well, we just turned it on. Okay, good. <laughs> that's a good start. Did you plug anything into it? Uh, not yet. Okay, you're not good. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, again, that's the two sides of the coin there is vendors, um, you know, being a little bit more straightforward and what, what it is they're selling. But the customers, I mean, they're just not, they don't have the time or energy or the people to really put expert um, people to assess these things. They trust, they have to trust what the vendor says. And I just hope vendors aren't overselling and under delivering. Um, I'm not saying they are, I'm just saying, that's my hope for the customers of today. Good point. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about foresight here. So you, you've laid out kind of some of the products, the 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 assessments, the SOC, the the XDRs, the tool sets. Um, talk to me about innovation and and forward looking. Now, don't we don't want to do total spoiler alert because at the end I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball, but. How do you, how does Foresight approach this? How do you stay in front of this, whether that be R&D or budget or, or, or whatever? How do you look at that? Yeah, so when when I was brought on just like four or five months ago, um, I brought a team of, of folks I've been working with for 15 years. We've worked on massive data problems, massive in DOD, right? And so we've taken all that knowledge and very rapidly innovated for this community that we're dealing with now. And what does that mean? That means we understand that customers don't want to um, go through the process of understanding cyber. They can't. And so everything we've done is an automation play. We want all your data. Most people say, how much data can you, or, you know, how many sensors do you have? How many firewalls? We say, give us all your data. Give us any data that you have. Give us all your data and let us do our magic. And so our innovation comes in the form of automation, machine learning, natural language processing, for instance. That policy scenario that we talked about in the, before where, you know, the in assessments where some assessor is going to say, upload your policies, they're going to review your policies, they're going to critique your policies, you're going to go through all this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth for weeks, if not months. You upload a policy in our system, we instantly score it and we tell you what coverage it has for your control. And then we tell you what you need to fix. That's what our customers are asking for, right? is they don't want the back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. We wanna instantly evaluate that using technology. Technology should be the, the friend of our customers, mm -hmm. not the enemy. And so for us, we've used all that knowledge we have to build an ecosystem of capabilities that automates both SOC and also the assessment piece. So the customer can come in here and go from zero to good in less than two weeks or three weeks or 30 days. Um, where it would have taken six months to eight months in the past. Good points. All right, let's uh, let's get nerdy here. Let's get into the weeds. So what I want to talk about here is we've talked at the surface of where your product sets are, but I always, I, I think one of the most valuable pieces of this is partners hearing what kind of environment they might run into, what kind of problems they might run into and and then how you discovered that and part of my the, the thing that i really like here is did it look like it looked when you know what what you were told right what was it exactly that or was it different did you find all these other things and then ultimately what did you replace what products did you put in what did it do how did it make the world great for this customer and all that good stuff 
Yeah, because most of our customers are in that small to mid-sized market, um, most of them um, aren't vested in great technologies. Um, they've used them, as I said before, they use them wrong. And so um, we instantly um, can go into an organization. We don't have to be physically in it. We just ask some very, what we call CISO logic, right? We've, we have a bunch of CISOs that we've worked with. They've given us basically those things. You can ask someone, for instance, I can ask you, do you have a firewall? And you say, yes. What kind of firewall? Cisco, blah. Do you have a support? Yes. Do you update it with badless? Yes. And then from there, there's a logic to say that in an endpoint detection policy that scored 80 or above, we assume you're doing okay, but we don't know that. And so the reality of everything we do for any of our customers comes in the form of getting their data, um, analyzing their data, correlating their data, and then telling them if what they said to us, and we're not adversarial, but if what you said to us, is it true? Do you really have firewall data? Are you really blocking things? Are you really patching your vulnerabilities? Are you really changing your password? We don't have to do that manually. We look at the data, the telemetry. Um, and so for us, for a partner, that ability to sell a, a single platform that does all of this simply for a customer, hopefully with shortness sales cycle, we've gotten small businesses in, you know, by one demo, we say, we got you, give us, you have policies? Nope, we got 34, I'm going to give them to you. And then instantly we have credibility and now we're in the door and now we're you know, making a sale. So for partners, um, it, is, it is understanding, um, it's not just selling, right? It's, you got to understand both the problem set and then what we're offering and the simplicity of what we're offering to the customer, but the complexity of how it is actually generate, generated because ultimately, we made everything as simple as a credit card app, right? We're all used to getting our credit score, but you know, you're good. You know, you're in the 800s or 700s or whatever the good number is, right? And if it goes down by 30 points, you're like, holy crap, you click on something and it says, oh, blah, you didn't use enough credit, which makes no sense to me. But that's what, this is how we approach this problem. We want you to have it on your cell phone. We want you to know you're good. And if you're not good, then we're gonna tell you why and then we're gonna help you fix it. And so that simplicity is dr driven by complexity of all that lessons learned that we have from the DOD side, right? And so for a partner, either side of that, understanding how to communicate that is difficult because people don't want to be compliant. I mean, let me say this. They don't want to put money into this stuff. They, they're mandated to do it. Insurance companies are mandating. Them. So they're forcing, they're being forced in it. Psychology, right? We're back to psychology. They're being forced into something. You can't force them into something and then tell them this is going to take six months and 300,000 bucks or 60,000 bucks or 50,000 bucks. You say, look, let's start today. We'll give you your first score today and let's just make this a journey. So can we, can we dive even deeper maybe on how you've approached an example like that? Give me a, give me a scenario that you walked in. Did you get the telemetry data? Did you not get the telemetry data? What was the technology that they had? And, and, and they came to you and said, Dwayne, this is the problem that we have. Yeah. Maybe they either knew that it was a problem or they didn't. And, and you know, so what did, what did your technology put in place? Or how did the SOC help? How did the tool set help? And what was the outcome of that specifically? So a specific um, customer, we have a, what they call a DIBnet, Department of Defense Industrial-Based Company. They have to be CMMC compliant. In order to do business with the government, you have to be CMMC ready, right? And so they came to us and said, look, we got a bid from this other company for 30K to do a CMMC assessment. And we heard from this other company that you guys did CMMC for them for like way less. We're like, yeah, that is true. 
So that first conversation, the next week we did a demo. We showed them, we set up the entire environment. We actually created the assessment. Um, and from that point, we said, here's the plan. If you can get us at all 060, they said all they are is cloud. They have remote people all over the place. All they are is 0365. And I was like, well, how do your employees connect to 0365 while well, they have the personal laptop? <laughs> Ooh, do you have anything monitoring that? Probably not. Do you use two-factor authentication? No. Do you, you know, and so you start finding out very quickly after this initial really fast assessment, we run safe breach simulation. We do Nessus scans on them all in the same week. We've got all the 0365 data coming because in the meeting we said, here's the keys, here's the credentials, let's get it set and we get the data flowing. From there, we start basically telling them, here's your policies. So in two weeks, they had data flowing, they had the first assessment and they had all the policy templates and they had submitted their first policy SOP, standard operating procedure. So they went from like a negative score to like 1.4 in less than two weeks that we can quantifiably tell them that they're doing it because we know from looking at their data, but you still have big gaps. You don't have a firewall in your temporary office that you have. You don't have, you know, endpoint detection. You have, yeah, you have trend on some of your computers, but not all. So we basically said, get a firewall, a better firewall, you know, 3000 bucks, get um, CrowdStrike or get Carbon Black, get something like that for your critical devices. Um, when we started monitoring their 0365 logs, we started seeing all these foreign connections into their infrastructure. They're a Department of Defense contractor, that shouldn't <laughs> be happening. You realize that one, there was a, a, an attempted hack from Iran, but then the other thing you see is that people, their employees are VPNing in, NordVPN is connecting to here and here and here and here and coming back into their infrastructure. For normal, that might be okay, but for DOD contractors, that's, un, that's not cool. So within that same two weeks, we, by monitoring the data, told them to change their policy, to block, geoblock, all those kinds of things. And then, so in 30 days, they went from a negative score to basically a 3.1, 3.1 for CMMC, which is amazing, right? Because they did two-factor authentication, they bought the MDM from Microsoft, they got CrowdStrike and they got a firewall, all for about 15 grand. Um, and they got 24 by seven monitoring from us, which covers about 53% by having continuous monitoring and detection, 53% of any compliance framework, right? So you're doing well just getting that. Mm -hmm. And so they got all that and in less than 30 days, they're happy. They actually are asking us, what else can we do to be right. safer? So they got a multi-factor authentication, like a little key fob mm -hmm. for the people who work on site. That's awesome. So. It, it's psychology of it that once they saw their success and the progression and how easy it was to get better, they wanted to get better. They wanted to get better and better and better. Now they're, you know, they're a customer. They're 30 days, 30 days from zero to something um, and quantifiable. In other words, we can tell an auditor, here's yeah. how they're doing what they're doing. Um, here's their policies. This is why they're good or this is what they need to improve. Um, so yeah, that, that was a good one. And that person is uh, now told two other folks, you know, same size, because they all talk. Mm -hmm. They're all on the same, you know, the same teams, if you will. And so that's the word of mouth in that case in the small business side is huge because everyone's like, damn, it didn't cost 30 grand. Yeah. Look, look what we got. So price points are important. Simplicity is important. And for us, both of those come in the form of automation. We have to automate the hell out of everything to keep the price down and to keep things simple for the customer. Uh, good, good point too. Because uh, this 
you know, this segues a little bit into my next thing of, of you know, what, how, how should partners be navigating this talk track? But you bring up a, a great point. And, and we talk a lot about a lot of the deals that we close across all the technology segments don't always look like the way that they came to us as. To your point, this started out as I need an assessment. And whether at that point the customer knew they needed things or didn't know they needed other things, they just went, nah, I just got to check a box. I got to get this assessment. I got to do the contractor thing. I got to prove it. And then you showed all these other things and went, uh-oh. You know, and I think it's funny in the psychology of that, to your point of, had you thrown all these things at the customer and go, yeah, we, we, you need this, 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 they go, oh my gosh, this guy's trying to sell me everything. But you, you, you show this and to your point, you get to that and let them find all those things that they need, uh, and you know, do it in a tactful way. Uh, like you said, customer for life, customer that grows, MRR that grows. And, you know, if a partner brings a deal like this to you and, and a partner, uh, gets the customer to see a lot of value in that again, um, a lot more deals for that partner, a lot more customers for that partner. And, and it's a good mutually beneficial relationship. So it's hilarious how these start versus how they end. Yeah. Two, two general points is one is I want to make sure it's also clear that our partnerships also come in the form of the assessors, right? There's all those people doing assessments by hand and very manually, which for that, for that group of our partners, it's a time consuming HR driven kind of cost model. If we can give them a platform that automates, we'll say 80% of that and you spend 20% for more customers, you're getting higher margins, you're getting more customers, you're getting all those, that's a huge value, right? The other thing you said, which made me exact, remember back to the same customer I was talking about, when we first had that first meeting, we asked them if they stored any data on their machine and they're like, no, it's all in the cloud. We don't have any of that data <laughs> on our machine. And they were like almost adversarial, right? They were like thinking we were interrogating. And I was like, dude, I, look, we're not about that. It's all good. And as soon as we ran scans, ran some of our specific scans on their devices, we realized there were, we are like, hey man, you do have, just so you know, this is why you need something more secure on that box. You do have stuff that you need to watch. And then he was cool. He's like, all right, tell me where to buy. And so, you know, those two points, I just wanted to make, yeah. cause you just triggered no. that in my head. It's good. It is, it is. Uh, I, I, we can talk about the psychology and how that's valuable in this. It's just so funny because you don't know, you don't know the personality of the customer that you're going to be talking to. You don't know if they're already going to be, you know, uh, insecure about it, or they're already concerned about, I mean, our, our goal here is to make the customer, the hero, make their life better, secure data. That's it. Right. Egos aside, just, we want to help. So yeah, it, it brings up a great point. Yeah, and you know, most of um, people see assessments as like incremental things, like once a year, once every three years, because it's so painful. It's like a colonoscopy. When you get old enough, you'll know what that means. <laughs> yeah, it's so painful. You only want to do it once every 10 years, right? Um, and so what we've said is, look, this is, this is part of your business now, right? Being mature, being cyber ready and being mature is part of your business. Let's become partners and let's get that continuous maturity. We'll scan you regularly. We're monitoring you regularly, and we're going to be able to tell you through that entire year what your maturity level, what your compliance readiness is. We're not going to do this every year anymore. We're going to do it continuously. And to me, that is going to change the game for our little friendly foes over on the other side and some inside this country who are taking advantage of these small and mid-sized organizations. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Um, final final thoughts from you. Uh, you know, we, we're part of what we try to do here is to help our partners 
see where where technology is now and how to tackle that, but also to kind of be ready for what's coming. So, you know, with with regard to security, we see a lot of things. We see the CASB and SASE and MDR, XDR, all of these different things. Just, you know, if you're if you're you know, getting advice to a partner here of, of where this thing is going, what to pay attention to now versus next. Where's where's Dwayne's vision of where this thing's going in the next couple of years from a security landscape perspective? Yeah, and you hit it right on the head. And I can only tell you our, our whole model here is complete autonomy, autonomous cyber and autonomous compliance. And that sounds like impossible, but it is not. Um, you have the right data, the right way of looking at data and the right elements um, to fuse that data and to detect things. And you have the right SOAR type of capability. We're partners with XOR and, and we have that ability to basically automate that entire process. We're not there yet. It's going to take all those keywords and buzzwords that you hear, machine learning and some level of artificial intelligence from the standpoint of learning how tickets are generated and how tickets are executed and feeding that into the engine to making sure we're blocking things when we should be blocking things. And so um, aut autonomous is not just vehicles, right? <laughs> That's if coming too. That's coming too. later yeah. segment. <laughs> yeah. And if you can do that, if you can drive around the world, and not kill people in a vehicle, why can we not help people get compliant and secure without them doing much of anything other than paying a little bit of money and turning on the button? Great point. Love the vision. All right, my friend, uh, that wraps us up. I appreciate it. Dwayne Sugars, Chief Technology Officer from Foresight. Dwayne, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, man, thanks. You, you woke me up, and, and now I'm all excited and ready to go. So I appreciate your time. Awesome. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, all right, everybody, that wraps us up. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering here at Tolaris. And this concludes security and assessments on the Next Level BizTech Podcast. Until next time. Thanks, everybody. Next Level BizTech has been a production of Tolera Studio 19. Please visit tolaris.com for more information.